Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the 40 Athletes Podcast. I'm your co-host Jason Holzer along with my good friend Jimmy Huber. Jimmy, good morning. Good morning, Jason. How are we doing good. today? You know, doing good, man. The sun's shining. It's a little chilly outside, but hey, you know what? We Our guest today is from sunny Florida, so maybe he'll bring the heat up today, you know, to mm. us. He'll bring the heat in the podcast, right? He'll heat this podcast up. That's right. In the city where we're at as well. Looking for absolutely. Well, you know, Jimmy, every episode is packed with tips and strategies to transform yourself, regardless if you're an athlete or not. So be sure to check 40athletes.com, all of you that are checking in, and see how we can help you use sports to help kids win in the game of life. But I'm especially excited today because our, our, our guest today is Sean Flynn from Sure Athlete. And Sean has been a former CEO of the Miami FC uh, football or soccer, football, soccer. Um, he's been a former senior vice president of marketing for uh, the Miami Marlins. And he's also been the VP of marketing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he has a ton of experience in sport. And what he's going to show us today, talk about today, is how you use data analytics to help become a better coach. I don't know about you, Jimmy, but I'm always looking for resources to help me understand my players better. Well, you think about analytics is becoming so much bigger now in sports. I mean, really, they're using so much more of it. You talk about how they uh, end up drafting individuals, putting teams together and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it's exciting to talk to somebody that is into maybe some of the analytics and getting behind the scenes of really identifying um, individuals that would be great for teams and how to get the best out of those individuals as well. Well, uh, let's go ahead and bring him on today. So we got uh, Sean Flynn. Good morning to you this morning. How are things going in uh, in sunny Florida today? Good, it's good. It's not it's not so sunny today, but uh, oh, okay, probably a little warmer here. I think I woke up at seventy two degrees today. So. Oh, seventy two and ten degrees, so just sixty degree difference. Yeah, you know, a slight variation. You know, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Sean, first of all, we just want to dive right into it. You know, sure, athlete, what are these psychometrics and uh, how can they help us be better coaches, understand who we're working with better, not just players per se, but even, you know, front office people, maybe other people that we're coaching with, you know, what, what are these psychometrics? And, you know, again, like how do we use them to our benefit? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you met, I heard you talking about the use of analytics. You know, obviously the use of analytics has been around for a while and it continues to escalate, right, in the world of sport. Um, the majority of that analytic work and, the, you know, the, the resources are, are allocated towards the physiological, you know, data, right? The body, uh, wearables and, and, you know, GPS monitors and video technology and all these things that, that kind of go along with the body. Um, you know, ours is from the neck up, right? So we're talking about, about psychological and behavioral data analytics. Um, that's the core of what we do. And it's all about people. You know, we're, we're, we're a division of a, a, a company called Sure People, right? So Sure Athlete is kind of the sports and education vertical of that. Um, but it's all about people. And it's whether, you know, our, our, we've got clients on the Sure People side from Boston Children's Hospital, Johns Hopkins Medicine, and Comcast and iRobot. Um, and on our side, we've got clients like Texas Rangers and St. Joseph's University Basketball. We've got some Big Ten schools we're going to announce here and a number of other schools. So it's just about people, whether it's athletes, coaches, administrators, front office personnel, doctors, managers, whatever it may be. It's all about people, right? And there's three kind of areas that we hit uh, with this with this platform. And it's kind of an all-encompassing platform. Uh, it starts with kind of the self, right? So the first step in this process is completing a questionnaire or a survey 
um, that it, uh, and our platform moves on the cloud. So you, know, you log in, you complete this questionnaire or survey, and it's a self-report, right? A self-assessment. So when you, once a person completes that, we get seven different modules uh, of data on, on individuals. That is a really robust and accurate kind of peek into what makes somebody tick. Uh, those modules are personality, personality under pressure, motivation, fundamental needs, uh, conflict management, decision-making, and um, processing, how you take in information. I think I got all seven. Uh, so now you've got that on somebody, right? So again, if you're an individual just starting, so now you get that data back and you get the those different modules broken out and we've got graphic representation of what that looks like and then tons of content about what that means in each of those different areas, right? So now the individual that's taken it has this now self-awareness. You know, there may be some blind spots. It's almost like looking in a mirror, right? You see something there that, oh, wow, that, you know, that, that does make sense on how my motivation works or how I handle conflict, right? Or how I, how I process information. Um, may not be aware of that, but now it's brought to the forefront. So now all of a sudden you're on, you've got this self-awareness and the platform provides this really kind of detailed and, and, and uh, you know, plotted out pathway to self-mastery. So now you can, all right, here's who I am. I might identify some blind spots. Here's some areas. And now that I've, it's brought to my attention, I understand that. So now what do I do with that, right, from an individual standpoint? So the platform takes the individual through this roadmap, right? Second to that, we start to build relationships, right, with others around us. So that's the important thing here. We're all about creating this understanding of yourself and the others around you to put people in the best position to succeed, to develop, right, to have this fast path, but, you know, the reducing kind of trial and error and learning about it and feeling people out and all of a sudden somebody may be lost or you know, disenfranchised or you know pull back from whatever organization they're in and they it was an athlete they you know they drop down the depth chart or they drop out of school or they you know they transfer or you know they you know they you know they may it's a coach you know the coaching turnover happened so you know, it's to stop that turnover and put people on this pathway to success so that first Part of that, as I mentioned, is this roadmap to self-mastery. The second part is the kind of one-on-one -on -one relationship. So we've got a tool within our platform called Relationship Advisor, and the system automatically generates kind of this coaching counsel, this coaching relationship advice, or you know, this connectivity advice for two individuals. So, you know, let's say Jason, you're my basketball coach, and I'm your point guard or you're my manager and I'm you know, one of your you know, one of the folks in your department, whatever it may be, again, it's people to people, um, will line us up in platform. So Jason next to Sean, you can look at that graphically, they're all represented graphically, but you can also go in and give you this communication coaching, as I mentioned. So Jason, when dealing with Sean, right, you should do X, Y, and Z, right? Or avoid X, Y, and Z with Sean. Or Jason, if you're under pressure, how does that shift? And then conversely, you know, give Sean advice on how to deal with Jason in that one-on-one -on -one relationship. So now you've got, you know, this understanding immediately of somebody who's coming in. Or maybe there's an impasse. They've been there for a while. Now you get an impasse. How do I handle this? We can't get through this. Or I've got new people coming in. Or, you know, the, you know, the roster changes or the department staff changes. So now you've got this really quick hit. Right. What do I do here? I've got this individual, something's going on. Let's sit down and figure this out, right? Without writing them off or, you know, they, they leave or you leave or, you know, you just never get past it and nothing ever happens. You lose productivity. So that's the one on one. So you got the individual kind of roadmap. Now you got a roadmap for the one on one relationships.
This kind of reminds me of those Sean, you're talking about like going back to thinking about, you know, the NFL when they have the combine and they sit there and see how many, you know, um, bench press they can do, right? How fast they can run the 40 and do all this stuff. So they got the physical traits and, and the skill sets they have written down, but not maybe known the internal part, right? The way they think, the way they're motivated. Um, and it takes me back to where we're thinking about like Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. When they're trying to figure out who do you draft first, right? And and end up being in the Apple side to go with Peyton Manning. The Chargers went with Ryan Leaf and looked how that Ryan Leaf ended up in the NFL. But to me, if you get to know the person who they really are, that could help you make better decisions and choices. Like I said, who you're hiring, and even if you're hiring somebody that might have struggles in certain areas, you would know that right to identify it and help them in those areas. Correct. No, 100%. I mean, there's a portion of our platform that can be used in talent evaluation. And the thing to remember about our, what we call that's a prism portrait, so seven different modules, that's what we capture a prism portrait. There's nothing in there that shows red, right or wrong or, or, or good or bad or raises a red flag or a check mark or an X. We don't do that. It's just who you are and you need to understand that. So, you know, we have the ability to create kind of these ideal prism portraits for organization and specific role, right? So if it's an NFL team in the combine, you know, they could run the prospects through this. And one, you know, the um, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, running back model, you know, may look different from the Bengals who they're playing this weekend, right? They may look completely different. And, you know, when they go into the combine, you know, they may identify guys based on their prison portraits that fit for culture and fit for what they feel is a high performing individual in that running back role. So, you know, Ryan Leaf may have had success if he went somewhere else. You never know, right? I mean, he could, he obviously had sex uh, success up until that point in his high school and collegiate career, something happened. So maybe Ryan Leaf in a different environment, handled the right way, motivated the right way. People who understood how he processed information may have gone a different direction, maybe. Maybe, right? And this could have helped identify that. So even in that shot, even that environment, if he was with the Chargers and they knew who he was, right? And how he took right, process the stuff. Now they can support him, give him what he needs to help him thrive in that environment, right? hundred percent. I mean, we always talk about, you know, we use this line, some guys need a kick in the butt and some guys need a hug. Um, you know, I don't know what Ryan needed, but, you know, they may have been kicking him in the butt and he needed the hug the whole time. And he was never going to respond to the kick in the butt. It wasn't going to happen. But if you gave him the hug, that could have put him on the right path. And, and you know, he would have derailed and all of a sudden bad reputation. He's out of the league. And, you know, just so, again, this helps that, right? His talents are off the chart. There's no way we're going to pass on this guy. We know who he is. He's not this fit. But at least we understand him. And we're going to build an environment around him to allow him to succeed, at least from a behavioral psychometric standpoint. Right. So that's you see I, that though, Sean, with like coaches in general to where, you know, it used to be like, hey, you know, when I grew up, it was like you treated everyone the same. Right. It was like certain way that you discipline, whatever. Do you see now, though, that if coaches understand what type of person, say, the athlete is and how they process information, how they're motivated, that type of stuff, if they have that, then they can kind of communicate with them in certain ways and that helps get the best out of those athletes. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you talk to coaches, you know, old school coaches, and that one we were talking to was an ACC head football coach, and you know, his one of his first points was, "Man, I I used to coach the way I was coached, and that was it. 
which is that's how I coach everybody the same way, the way I was coached. And I wouldn't adjust. And I've started to adjust a little bit, but a tool like this can help me, you know, help put that on the fast path, putting people in these right positions, succeed the way they need to be coached based on who I am and who they are, right? So now I've got an understanding and now I'm individualizing. Now you can't do this through everything, but at least, you know, you've started to build some parameters that you know, if you've got impasses with folks or something's happening with an individual, you can adjust. And, and we've got great examples of how that's happened over the past couple of years that we've been, you know, I've been running. So, um, you know, it's, and especially in today's, with today's environment, right? This is, you know, when we grew up or we, you know, when I grew up, like you said, the coach is going to coach how you how he wanted to coach. And if you told me to run through the wall, I'd run through the wall. Now, if somebody tells a kid to run through the wall, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How is that wall constructed? Right. What, what's the, you know, how do we how high is that wall? What are we going to do? What, where, where did this come from? You know, they're questioning. Right. And they're more open, you know, even in you know terms of getting you know, therapy. I know you guys do talk a lot about uh, mental health. I mean, you know, the kids today are more open to having those conversations and asking for help and going to get therapy, which never would have happened. You know, I grew up in the late, you know, high school ages of the eighties and they create, you know, no, no possible way. So now, you know, in the today's environment, today's culture, you know, this, this these kind of conversations are vital, but like people are quick to go. Like I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm out. Right. I think too, you know, like all of us are trying to fit, fill a need. And I think a tool like this can help coaches understand like how to fill some of their, even like managers, leaders, how to fill the, their people that are working with them, their needs, because you see the substance abuse, you see people like, you know, like converting to different things, either to numb the pain or to help like figure out like just to, to get through the day. And if you're able to have a tool like this, where you can help understand them more to help them maybe even fill their own basic needs, then maybe some of these things like the the substance abuse, the alcoholism, the you know some of those decision making skills that we've seen that just like why did they do that? But if we understood them better, maybe we could help them with some of those things and get ahead of some of that, be more proactive in how we coach and how we work with people too. Um, is that kind of what you have found as well with some of this yeah, work? Yeah, it's kind of getting that on the front end, right? Understanding, getting this kind of top line understanding of those individuals. And one of our modules, I think I mentioned, if not as fundamental needs. There's three areas we measure security, significance, and control, right? And if you see somebody, it's kind of a pie chart, you see somebody that's heavily in security or, or something, something may be happening there, right? And you've got to adjust to that and understand, you know, this individual's fundamental needs for security. So what is going on with this individual right now, right? Or if it's significance, you know, what's happening? If this person's not feeling they're making an impact, but they're, you know, they're 50% significance and, you know, 25 and 25 on the other side, we're not giving that to this individual. We're not meeting their basic fundamental needs. So that all of a sudden we could have a problem that can spin into something bigger. We're not addressing it right now. If you can catch it, then you could preempt some of these issues from, you know, kind of snowballing and, you know, talking about the more severe aspects of substance abuse or some of these other things that, that come up. So hundred percent. Do you see it as when they uh, say a student athlete or an individual gets the results back? Is it something that, creates an awareness for them and sees maybe strengths and weaknesses they have. Is it something too, then you have information they go through to help maybe take some of the weaker points that they have maybe to strengthen those and make those more of a, you know, a, a stronger point in their life as an individual and what they bring to an organization. 
Yeah, it's not really strengths and weaknesses because it's not a right or wrong or good or bad. It's just who they are. But it gives them the self-awareness so they can understand why they end up in situations that they end or why they may have conflict or why, you know, they're if they're uh, on their personality, uh, they're adaptable, which is kind of the relational one on one. But if they're in a meeting of rah, rah, power people and precision people and they're all mission oriented, why they're sitting in the corner, right? Like, why don't I feel, you know, why, why am I sitting here? I'm not getting what I need. So it's not a strength or weakness but it's identifying some blind spots that they may not be aware of and that helps them understand that more and then helps them understand how that affects others and how they can utilize who they are in specific environments and how to move through. There's a ton of content that's part of our platform and kind of what we call prism insights for action, which is kind of a 24 step process where you go through and it takes you through each of your modules and kind of an overview and you click through and watch, you know, the video content, audio content, articles and things and, you know, kind of you know, question and answer sections where it helps you understand yourself. Again, self-mastery. It's not good or bad, but now you're, you, you're aware and you're on a roadmap to self-mastery. So you, now you, you know, you can have a better understanding of, you know, the, why you feel the way you do in certain situations. That goes back to like wrong with you, right? It's not, yeah, it's, you know, nothing wrong with you. This is who you are. This is why you may be feeling that. Now, here's some methods to kind of, adjust right and understand but but you know that sometimes it might be who you are and it might be conditioning from the past and it could be causing you to make poor decisions uh causing you like you said maybe to not have good relationships or whatever it is so you might be ignorant to it to me this creates a self-awareness and lets them self-reflect right let's reflect on my life where i'm at what's going on where am i struggling at so they can almost identify that and realize, okay, these are areas I can work on to improve to get better in these areas if I desire to, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could, again, you know, the, the adaptable is just kind of the opposite end of a power person. It's the one-on-one -on -one loyalist and the power person is the leader. You know, the other of them are bad or, or good, but, you know, if you're in a situation and you say you're always if your power just pinned in power, you're always boom, boom, I'm taking control. I'm, I'm, I'm leading this room. I'm always stepping to the front. You know, that could run into situations in a team environment or collaborative environment, or if you've got some other people that are power or you're, you know, you're below them in some kind of chain of command and you're, you have a problem. You're like, oh, my God, I am 100 percent power. Wow. <laughs> what do I do with that? Because it, that sounds great. You know, it's good. I'm, I'm always going to lead. But. That could cause me issues. So let me now. We've got a platform here. We've got content. Like, oh, right, you're 100 power, Sean, and I'm one of those. I'm 100 power and like 100 precision. So I'm over here on that mission side. Like, step back, take, understand who you are, and when you're in certain situations, you know, although we know that's where your personality goes, understand that. And here's some methods and some, you know, some um, some practices on how to handle the situation, knowing that you're, you want to charge ahead, but you may need to pull back a little bit and allow for others and then integrate yourself into this and kind of slowly gradually get to your power. So yeah, it's, it, 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 the platform gives you that roadmap to, like you said, understand yourself better, be aware of things that help you process that and get through those when there could be issues that come up because of that. Well, you know, Sean, as a, let's say as a head coach, you have, let's say you have like 25 players, right? And you have all this data analytics on them. How would, how would I, as a coach, what would be the first thing I would do to help, you know, so you got guys you want to meet with, guys you want to get to know. 
Well, where would you start if you say, hey, start with this to help you understand your players based off of what we've shown you to help understand them better? Yeah. What's the, what's the point? Yeah. Where, where would we start with that? Yeah. And there's, and there's a third tool, which I'll start with, and I'll come back to, the, to um, your question. So the third tool, we talked about the one you individual, and we talked about the one-on-one. And the, another tool we have here is called Team Advisor, and that's three or more. So that's a, a department or a roster or a coaching staff or a position group or whatever. And it does the same thing that relationship advisor does, but it does it with that group. So now you've got, you know, again, you line it up graphically, you can look at it, but more importantly, you can go to traits and it gives you strengths and potential liabilities of that group, like some watch outs, what's happening in this group, and then some advice and strategies of how to deal with that group. If you've got a lot of powers or a lot of adaptables or what you some, you know, what you should be looking for and how to work with that group. So as a coach gets this, number one, you know, coach gets on platform should take a look at their own self, right? To make sure they understand, right? Again, identify some of those blind spots that they may not be aware of. So they get a good understanding of themselves, the self-awareness part of it. And then if it's an individual, you know, if they're going through uh, problems or have impasses or some situations with specific individuals that jump in that first, right? Call up the relationship advisor. If you got that, you know, that, that athlete on, on, on the platform. So you go into relationship advisor. So it's you and your point guard and then, what, what's going on here? Oh, you know what? I'm yelling at Jim all the time. Jim, I going to respond to yelling. You know, Jim wants a pat on the back. If I'm yelling at Jim, I'm pushing him. Every time I yell at him, I'm pushing him farther away. He wants a pat on the back and an attaboy. Man, we had a coach that's in the Big East uh, that we're going to, you know, we're doing, working on a project with. And he said, I've got a guy that's an NBA, NBA talent. He's been here for two, this is his second year. I've been screaming at him for a year and a half now. I don't, I can't, I can't figure them out. I'm like, well, maybe stop screaming at him. <laughs> maybe you need, maybe he needs a hug, right? So, you know, we get him on platform. Well, yeah, he does. He's the guy that needs kind of the, you know, that, you know, kind of affirmation from others as opposed to being self-motivated. So, you know, go to that relationship advisor and kind of go down that list, you know, take some of those priorities at the top first that you want to make sure if there's problems with, solve those and then can go through the roster and then look at the collective right how's the collective look how's this shape you know what's what's shaping up here i got a bunch of people that are kind of geared this way and i only got two over here in the corner well that's why they're sitting in the corner you know i have a team meeting and we're all rah rah going this direction and two are kind of sitting over looking out the window like well they don't react to that right they react to something else right how does this affect individuals how does this affect each one individually so there's nothing wrong with those two guys sitting in the corner i'm just not delivering this in the way that they need to you know, the other 15 guys are cool. They're a little lined, but those two, they need to have, they need to be, I need to recognize the fact that I've got different people in this group and then I can go back to team advisor and give me some strategies and advice on how to, how to deal with that. So does that make sense? Yeah. And I, and I think also too, Sean, what's beneficial is, you know, this is like, you have staffs together, right? You get your head coach, you got coaches that are involved and, um, and some of them like getting all the coaches on the same page to understand our athletes, because a certain coach might be disciplining an individual in a certain way. They might not do it in the most effective way for that kid, but the other coaches are aware and realize it so they can basically communicate to that coach. Like, hey, hey, like, like I kind of hold them in check. That's not the way that Jason needs to be disciplined. This is not the most effective way, right? So you can almost have a collective kind of working relationship to your coaches. We're all on the same page. We know our athletes. And when a coach has a tendency to respond in a certain way, 
maybe that's not the most effective for that athlete. The other coaches are aware of it, can communicate that to them so they can correct that. I think that's a benefit with what I see. The other thing I see too is that if you think about it, you have these these groups that are together, and and when you have these players that once you get aware of each other, you can almost share it with players with players, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Players oh. know what their teammates are like because we always talk about we want to have leaders within our organization. Hold, you know, we need to get you to hold Jason in check or hate him accountable. What's the way to do that? That's going to be most effective with Jason. So to me, you get your coaches on the same page, athletes all together to understand who everybody is and the most effective ways to communicate, hold people accountable to motivate them and do all that within a team setting. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. And for, for your first comment about you know the coaches holding each other, you know, work helping each other. We had a situation uh, for the football team and a running back. Uh, starting running back upper class been uh, very successful first half of the game was struggling uh, came off the field at the end you know four yards on you know the number of carries wasn't wasn't getting it done and the running back coach got in his face you know as he's coming off the field so I'm like we talked we talked about getting vertical I told you you got to get vertical we talked about it why are you getting vertical you know kids shrugged the shoulders went went and sat down half ended Came out in the second half, uh, didn't play much, couple downs, struggled. And later that night, texted or tweeted, excuse me, tweeted something about not getting the respect, man. You know, and then I deserve, deleted it later. But, you know, there's still residual effects from whatever happened that day. And when we had a follow-up with the, um, the, I think it was the director of player development for the VP of player development for, for the team. He said, I saw that happen on the sideline. And we, we, we create what we call these little cards. We have these cards that are off a platform. They're kind of little easily digestible nuggets of kind of boom, boom, boom to give, you know, that are, that are really simple to use. He goes, man, I, I went up to that running back coach the next day and I go, man, we had the card on this kid. You know, you've you got to let him open up first. You didn't do that. You just went down his throat. If you would have stopped and said, hey, what are you seeing out there? How are you feeling? You know, what's going on out there? And let him just open up, then he would have been, then he would have heard you and merged the two and, and and it went on. So they did that moving forward, and the kid came back and you know got back to his you know, successful and productive running back. Um, but you know, that's a real world example of what you're talking about, where somebody else notices it and goes to the coach and says, Hey, listen, remember this? Let's do this. So you're right on with that, Jim. And then player to player for sure. I mean, that same team, we held position meetings uh, with the position groups. And everybody shared, you know, we've done via Zoom and you know, the, you know, the offensive linemen were in a group with the offensive line coaches. And, you know, we started with the uh, prison portraits for the coaches. The kids saw the coaches. And then we went relationship advisor, coach to player. And then we went player to player, you know, guard to center and center. And, you know, they, they were really engaged with that. Like, oh, yeah, man. And, you know, starting to cite examples of, yeah, that's right. You know, Bob is like that or, or James, you know, he is like that. So it was, it was really cool to see it play itself out. Hey, something I want to add on that, and Jay's going to jump in, is a couple of things could be, too, is like, you know, if I'm a head coach and I got my assistant coaches, the assistant coaches respond in different ways, right? You can't you can't communicate with your assistants in the same way, right? Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention to you is this, is like, as a coaching staff, some coaches can discipline kids. They can be like, they have a certain personality. They, they're going to be tough. Or there's some, some coaches that can't do that. They're not the disciplinarian type, right? 
So you can almost find out your coach is the personality to have who works well in certain situations. Somebody might be more, you know, loving, kinder, gentler, and maybe that coach needs to be with this type of athlete, spend more time with them, vice versa. Somebody might be more disciplinarian. They need to be with maybe shocks. He needs a kick in the butt. So is that a way too that coaches can identify their strengths and they can basically be able to position with different athletes that would be probably, they would be a better relationship with those athletes, helping them, you know, succeed at the highest level that they're capable of. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, definitely. You can look at the data and kind of line up, right? This guy's, these guys kind of fit, right? This guy, that's who he is. And he aligns, you know, much better with this group of athletes. So let's make sure he's got, you know, the more touch points with that group. So yeah, you're right on with that. Well, it sounds like too, you know, what, what you're creating here is the empathy muscle, right? You have to, to get out of how you were coached, maybe even get out of like your own personality, how you're all motivated, the way you're motivated and look at them and, and see what's best for them. So is it like getting curious? Is that more the best way to go about like, you know, using that data and getting curious about like, huh, I wonder what's going to work best for them, like to help them help me motivate them. Is that kind of the goal here is to build that perspective muscle of like seeing where these kids are coming from or athletes or people, and then using that to determine how you coach them as opposed to, well, this is how I did it. This is the way it's been done before. I was successful in this, so everybody else will be successful. It sounds more like coaching evolving to from – meeting the players where they are, as opposed to the players meeting the coach where they're at. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about understanding. Well, it's again, understanding yourself too. So you get a good understanding of yourself and then how that affects these other individuals that you're involved with, whether it's co other coaches or players or administrators or whoever, it's understanding those folks just as much as you understand yourself. And then you go on platform, it gives you this, you know, all right, here's how you two work together. Right. So, you know, number one, if you understand a player needs X, Y, and Z or is motivated by, you know, different situations, then that's great. Now you can add the fact that what your makeup to that mix, now you've got this great pathway to really build that connectivity because you're, you know, you're on the same page because if your opposite ends of one of these, one of these modules, you may never figure that out. There's never a connectivity, right? Because, you know, their, their conflict management is competing. Your conflict management is avoiding, and it's never going to end, right? You're never going to come to a resolution. So, you know, it's understanding. It's all about understanding, right? Understanding yourself and understanding those around you, and and really creating that that you know bond and building those relationships you know, based on the way you're made up and the way they're made up. And you know, if you know if you don't do that, yeah, you know, it's going to be tough to tough to maintain consistency and and some and when you look back in the history of, of coaches you know the guys in them that have had you think they've done this they probably intuitively like phil jackson is intuitive i mean he probably he had a sure athlete in his reign without even knowing he had a sure athlete in his brain because he figured that out right um so there's guys like that that have come through that just that just understood how to do it naturally um but this is yeah but even phil too it took him years to figure that him on him himself out but even like the players too like this is kind of what it sounds like it really speeds up that process to where you can be more phil jackson like earlier on because you have these pieces you kind of have it's like almost like a big chessboard of like putting people in the right places to make the right moves to you know it's all like a big like i said game board of putting people in the right spots with the other right people to build that community, that culture. Right. So, um, yeah. and it, in, in the past, it took you forever because you had to like use time. You had to use observation, take a lot of notes, you know, on your own and just 
But now you're able to do all that. And then it's a much faster process now. That's right. 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 And whatever it is, you're, you know, again, you're reducing turnover, increasing productivity, you know, faster paths to success and development, you know, because you're not losing people or having to go back and redo things or, you know, struggling to get people aligned and on the same page. Well, another thing too is, you know, as a player, as like if you're a head coach and you, you give a better perception of that. I care about you because I've learned about you. I understand you. I, I, I see. I, so, and we all know like the great quote of like, people don't care how much you know until you know, until they know how much you care. They're more likely to listen to you now because you've taken the time to learn, to know them, to understand them, to work with them. And so now you might say something that might be really important. They're more apt to follow through with it too, because they know like, Hey, coach understands me. He gets me or he trusts me. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. So I think that's another way it could be beneficial is because you build that caring muscle as well. People actually feel cared, feel valued, feel cared about. And we all know people work harder for people that they feel like they actually, you know, care about people. So, um, Oh yeah. I mean, when you look at, you know, why, why people leave organizations, whatever it may be, you leave a company, um, or you leave a, you transfer out of a school or whatever, typically, I mean, and what we found our studies and research have shown is that's because the relationship with their somebody above, you know, their coach or their manager, that's why people leave, right? For the most part, um, you know, a transfer portal, maybe minutes, playing minute, you know, playing time, some, you know, but for the most part, they don't, they, they don't, they don't feel like they belong, right? They don't, mm -hmm. they don't know their position coach or the head coach, or they don't like the environment. They just don't like it. Or people leave companies because of their relationship with their managers. If they have a great relationship with your manager or coach. Yes, if you leaving, they're really slim, right? Mm. More money occasionally, you know, playing minutes occasionally. But if you're building that bond and that connectivity and that understanding and that mutual kind of trust and openness, yeah, why would you go anywhere? I mean, it's your yeah. comfortable environment. It's all about the bottom line here is all about happiness, right? If you can strive towards happiness, if you're happy in your current situation, why would you go anywhere? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Sean, you know, uh, we always uh, finish up the uh, episode with the four cues with 40 athletes and a lot, a lot of great stuff to dive in here today. So um, this is how we kind of end every show to get some insights from our guests. And the first question is this, what is the best life lesson that sports has taught you? Uh, it's teamwork and uh, you know, working together as, and as a collective, right? I mean, I've always been kind of one, if you look at my prison profile to kind of go out on my own and do my thing and you know, have the freedom to do what I need to do, but sports and I've played, I'm soccer for the most of my, you know, growing up and collegiately a little bit after. So, um, you know, it's the collective, right? It's it's the, having the team and, and having this unit on the same page. Um, because again, I lean towards doing my own thing <laughs> and running my own direction. Uh, and the sports kind of helped me bring it back. Well, that's okay. But, you know, in order to have the greatest success and, and, and have the greatest, you know, accomplish what you need to, and you know, achieve those goals. Uh, you need you need others, and then you need to be on the same page, and you need to be going in the, in the same direction. So, mm -hmm. nice. and then uh, okay, so question two is this: um, If you could spend time with anyone you admire in sports, passed away, alive, fictional, non-fictional, who would you pick, and why would you choose them? Oh, uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, and I, I was fortunate to spend 
some time with him, but it was you know, towards the end of his life. So there wasn't, you know, what I didn't, you know, wasn't that interaction that I would love, but a younger Muhammad Ali, uh, just to get in his mindset, you know, obviously he was set in his ways and did things his own way, uh, which I'm gravity, you know, I gravitate towards too. So just to, you know, understand his, you know, his thought process and some of those major decisions he made in his life, you know, like walking away from boxing because he, you know, uh, refused to be, you know, going go into the military and you know, standing up, you know, converting to Muslim and taking, changing his name, and you know, leading this positive movement towards, you know, all of the things that he, he stood for. Um, and just, I'd love to soak that in and spend some time with him and, and just understand, you know, why he did those things he did, why he took the major major risk, why he felt that, you know, he would take those risks. I mean, what would what was the upside for him? Um, because it wasn't just for him as an individual by any means. So you think it's an individual sport. Muhammad Ali's looking out for himself. But that's not why he took those risks. Those are, that's not why he made those big decisions. So that was for the good somewhere of others. So why, what was that? Can I, what, what drew him to that? Um, and then he'd probably just be a, you know, a fun guy. <laughs> he'd probably sure he'd be entertaining for whatever amount of time we spent because I'm sure the guy would have me laughing the whole time. Yeah. Sean, you mentioned you spent time with Muhammad Ali toward the later years of his life. And maybe not as interactive. Were there things that you picked up um, from him of being around him during that time and and uh, maybe a story to share of uh, some of the interaction you have with him? Um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't his, he wasn't able to speak much. Um, he was kind of wheelchair bound, uh, but we, you know, we had him at with the Marlins. He came out to a game, we hosted him and then actually had a dinner. A group of us had a dinner with him at a restaurant here in Miami. Um, so even in that, this connectivity that we make it with individuals, even in that state, you could see the eye contact and the focus when you locked in on somebody, you know, the power that he had to, you know, to draw you in, even with limited abilities that he had was amazing. Like, I mean, only the, the, the power that this guy had to kind of connect with people and lock in and, and, and really you know, make an impact and a significant kind of, you know, moment. Uh, the, whether it was a, a brief moment or not, it was just, it was amazing. Even again, even when the guy didn't have really the ability to speak or say much and he was wheelchair bound, he could still, if you were talking to him, he was locked in and, you know, he would acknowledge it and he was like, oh, his eyes were there. His eyes were right on him. So it was pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty powerful. That's guy. one thing for me is like, if he, if you could have been around him later in life, when, if he could really communicate as well as what he did earlier, the, um, just the knowledge that he gained through life and the wisdom to be able to share, you know, that, that would be amazing too. Like later in life, um, being able to give you some of those nuggets. Yeah. Be amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. And you know, it was there. Um, mm -hmm. it was there and it's kind of, you know, it's almost communicating it without saying it. Right? Yeah. So, but if it, yeah, if it could, you know, the, although I did have an interaction with him, which I cherish, but if it was, you know, if he had, if it was that, if he could do that, or if it would come back a few years, when I could just, you know, have a conversation and sit down and just bullshit with him for yeah. a period of time, that would have been outstanding. Question number three is what is the best advice you've ever received from a coach you played for or worked for? Um, yeah, it's really, you know, determination, right. And the grit, um, you know, when, when obstacles happen, uh, you know, put your head down, you know, figure out a way to get through it. Right. You know, take that as an opportunity to overcome and succeed. Um, you know, it was a coach in high school. I played football as well in high school. And it was a football coach when I was in a sophomore. 
uh, really old, old school. This guy would not get on Serapi platform. <laughs> this guy would, you know, take it and throw it in the trash and get out of my office. <laughs> Go get your pads on. Um, but you know, his, his, but because of that, it was, you know, if there was a, a hindrance or an obstacle or, or something happened along the way, it's like you get through it. You know, figure it out. All right, let's step back, figure out a way. Use your brain. Let's find a solution for this. Don't don't put your head down. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. You know, figure out a way. And that that, that always and he and he said it always doesn't mean power your way through, but figure out the solution to overcome this in this situation. Hey, a couple Jimmy, of that, that. Hey, that sounds like uh, whenever your wife told you to figure it out. Whenever well, you uh, had your on that shot, I was going to say two things: is this week I'm going through grit, part of our. 40 athletes one of our weeks on grits and going through it with uh, some of the teams I'm working with. And it's interesting that Angela Duckworth would be excited that you're mentioning grit, but I tell the kids like course grits is having, you know, passion and perseverance for goals and desires you have in your life. But the one thing that they've, they've, you know, like Angela Duckworth, the, the studies and research they've shown, whether it's been the Navy SEALs, whether it's been the military, whether it's been professional sports organizations or, you know, just business organizations, they find out the number one predictor for success is grit, right? You think about the Navy SEALs, they started thinking, well, we'll, we'll go ahead and maybe um, recruit more athletic individuals, individuals that have played certain sports and had success and been all Americans or whatever. When they find out the success rates of going through hell week didn't increase. And then they find out that it had to do with the grit, right? Being yeah. gritty. Um, and Jason mentioned that. So I, I always, at times, I'll tell my athletes through the years, I'll be like, figure it out. You know, figure it out. Let's go. Right. So my wife, we had our first child and um, she was, she would stay up at night and, you know, feed the child. And I would just, I'd just be like, Hey, you need any help? No. And I go back to sleep, whatever. Well, she wasn't feeling good and she was struggling a little bit. And, and my son Caden was not going to sleep and he was crying and she's, she tapped on me. She said, Jim, you need to get up and you need to go take care of Caden, right? You need to get him back to sleep and whatever. So I'm like tired. It's like, like two in the AM in the morning. I'm like, Oh man. So I go in his room and he's in his crib and I'm like so tired. And I'm like, you know, trying to get the binky patting it in. I'm patting him. And I kind of start, you know, kind of sliding down off the, the crib and I get on my knee and I'm like, Oh geez. And I'm getting tired and I try to put my hand through the crib and I'm like, Oh gosh. And I did that for about 20 minutes and he is not going to sleep. I mean, not even better. And I was, this isn't working. So I went in to the bedroom and I was like, Hey honey, I, I was like, I've been in there and I tried, but he's not going to sleep. And she jumps out of the bed and she turns at me and goes, figure it out. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I was pissed. I was like, Oh, figure it out. Tank, tank. And then the next morning she told me when I talked to her, she goes, well, that's what you tell your athletes all the time. Figure it out. You need to figure it out. And I'm like, oh. Right. <laughs> so I, I need to have me go through the prism and her go through it. She yeah, gave, yeah. gave me a little bit better. It might have been more helpful. Oh, it certainly can be used in all relationships. And we've got we've had conversations with people who want to utilize it kind of in those personal with those anyway, like this is any relationship, right? This is at yeah. home and wherever. So figure it out. And the last question is this if you had say one character trait or life skill that you had maybe a coaching team and an athlete was playing for you, or you're hiring somebody to, you know, be a sure athlete and you can only have one life skill or character trait, what would it be? 
Well, this comes back and I was going to say it, but I think I've had this question come in creativity, right? To figure it out, you need creativity. So in any, this isn't just an artist creativity. This is any, you can be an accountant. If you you got to be careful with creative accounting, but you know, as an athlete, <laughs> if you have creativity, you can figure it out, right? If you don't have any creativity or not utilizing your creative side, you're just going to keep trying and trying and trying and trying the thing to yeah, creativity is probably part of that grit. If you if you're creative and have the power to develop and find solutions because you're creative, you know that's going to allow you to have grit and get through that. So you know you got creative after your wife said that. I'm sure to find a solution, right? So the creativity came out of you quickly in the middle of the night, like oh shit, I got to find something. Like I'm going to create a solution for this right now. So creativity is always at the top of my list in any area. People are like, well, I'm not a creative person. I don't, you know, I can't draw or you know, I'm not a graphic. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> like that old coach, go figure it out. Well, I had to get creative to figure it out, right? So creativity is the number one for me. You're like, basically, right? Well, this yeah, like thinking outside the box, like, yeah. you know, the magic's always outside the box. So anything, you know, so it's kind of what you're talking about. They're being creative in, in different ways besides, because yeah, everybody thinks creativity is art, drawing, right? Like something that you can, but no, it's way more than that too, you know, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sean, you know, thank you for uh, for joining us again today. Uh, how can people reach you, learn more about Sure People, Sure Athlete? Uh, where can they find you all? Yeah, it's easy. You can go to SurePeople.com or SureAthlete.com uh, and Sean at SureAthlete.com or Sean at SurePeople.com. So it's simple. SurePeople.com, SureAthlete.com or Sean at SurePeople.com or Sean at SurePeople.com. Yeah. Um, reach back, reach out. Happy to have a chat with any of the folks that are watching and listening and want to learn more about what we do. Um, or just have some ideas or thoughts. I'm always always open for collaborative conversations, and hopefully we can bring some value to people, and they can bring some value to us, and you know we can we can find solutions to help individuals and organizations and teams, and that's what the bottom line here is, right? Just helping people succeed and be better. Yeah, I don't know what Sean. I don't know what your middle name is, but I think whatever it is, you should change it to Sure Sean Sure Flynn, <laughs> right? Sean Sure Flynn, baby, it's Sure. <laughs> it's a sure like thing it. with Sean Flynn. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, Sean, uh, again, have a great Wednesday uh, and you know, keep doing what you're doing because, you know, it's it's truly an opportunity to change the way we coach in a better way to build better relationships. So, again, appreciate you coming on today and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Well, Jim, when we know better, we do better. When we build better relationships with our teammates, coaches, uh, people we work with, you know, we tend to have better success because we have better chemistry. And we've actually built out a whole week in 40 athletes dedicated to building stronger relationships. So, Jimmy, can you uh, tell us where they can learn more about how to find that content so they can build better relationships with themselves uh, and their teammates? Yeah, I mean, you can go to 40athletes.com. And, of course, we have, um, you know, uh, information on there that you can purchase uh, certain courses that we can take you through. Um, and parents can go through it with their, their children but we have it set up to where, you know, teams and organizations and go through it with their athletes. And uh, you can always book a discovery call. We can walk through it with you and help you understand how we can partner with you to, as we always said, to help your athletes win in the game of life. Absolutely, Jimmy. Well, you know, hey, enjoy the rest of your day. Hope your kids have a great rest of school day. I know both of our kids kind of start off. Hey, like they're a, there now, right? They're there. They're there. Down there. Drop them off. And as we talk about, Jason, every day is a new day. So you're always trying to figure out strategically how to get them out of bed, right? How, how to get, get the, the bed made, get get their hair, 
you know, fix and brush your teeth and get downstairs and eat and let's get out the door. So it's a little yeah. bit of process, a little bit of strategy right behind it. That's right. It's always a learning opportunity, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, Jimmy, we'll enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, man. Thanks, Jason. Take care, buddy. Be good. Yeah.